And now we come to our meditation, um, Ronnie's meditation. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us to listen as you speak to us through these words that have been prayed through. Help us to hear and to obey. Amen. I guess the procession made its way through the marketplace then, too, that Friday many years ago. It was a procession made up of a weary, beaten man and the executioners whose task it was to finish the job. I suppose they were accompanied by soldiers and seekers, seekers after grisly entertainment, and somewhere among them, by the people he had called his friends. And of course, his mother. And around them, people like you and like me, just going about their business. And I wonder as we imagine them, how like them we are. Can you hear the comments of the people as they go by? The little girl tugging at her mother's sleeve. Look, mummy, look, mummy, look. Shh, dear. I don't want to, and it's not nice to stare. But what's happening? There are some things it's best not to know, dear. Now, come on. But mummy, he's hurting. Yes, dear. Sometimes bad things happen to people who do bad things. Now do come on. But did he do bad things, mother? Did he? What did he do? What did he do? Come on now and hush, dear. It's nothing to do with us. Further along, I imagine a stall holder as he hands out rotten fruit to anyone who wants to lend a hand, actually, to the taunting and the torture. As if the walk to Calvary carrying a cross were not torture enough. Why did a hate-filled mob howl their delight at the pain and the anguish stumbling by? Why are there so many hate-filled mobs? So much mindless hatred still. One young man caught a glimpse of the eyes beneath the vicious thorns that speared his brows as they blinked away both blood and sweat. And he remembered. He remembered bread and fish in flower-filled fields. He remembered the friend given back to him from death. He remembered the obedience of the waves. He remembered different crowds, approving crowds, and songs and shouts and laughter. And in his mind, he sifted through the shredded dreams of better times to come. He was sad, not just for the man, but for himself and for the hope he saw 
walking away from him. And then his mother doggedly forcing herself to put one foot in front of the other, her mind totally numb, her heart breaking, and the arms that held him once so close to her breast, imploring silently for someone, for something, to let her hold him and cradle him safely, to keep him safe once again. And finally, as that last nail was driven through his flesh and the cross was lifted high, he looked at them with love and pity in his eyes. Nick Fawcett points to this in his meditation of a soldier beside the cross. I've seen it often enough, crucifixion, but he was different. That was the curious thing. I could see he was suffering all right. It was there in his eyes, in the gritted teeth, in the writhing body, in the sweat pouring from him. But he never complained, never screamed, never swore. Funny that. To be honest, I've never seen anyone quite like him. The look that he had, even in death, as though we were the ones suffering, as though we were the criminals deserving punishment, as though he felt sorry for us. Ridiculous, of course. We know that even while the power of darkness reigned, God's good purpose was achieved here. We know now that even while the power of the dark coronavirus reigns, God's good purpose will be achieved here. We stake our lives on it. And we hope for eternal life because of it, with a Christian hope, which means we believe it will come to pass. But as we stand for today, beside those who lived through the very first Good Friday and the cross, bearing the bleeding, battered and broken body of Jesus, now limp and lifeless, it doesn't look like a symbol of hope. It doesn't. At least, not yet. Amen. <laughs>